Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Would you say this with me today? I receive the Word of God, the prophet me, reproof me, convict me, and instruct me in the righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You just quoted 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. If you have your Bibles, open with me to Genesis chapter 41, verse 52. And uh, as you're going there, I want to remind everybody, we are having new membership dinner next Sunday. If you've joined the church and you'd like to become a part of the church, uh, we're going to have dinner uh, next Sunday after church. And if you need to sign up, be sure to see Debbie Smith. Debbie, would you wave your hand over there? It'll be right after church. We'd love to visit with you next Sunday. I was reading through this the other day, and I realized that God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And Joseph said something here in verse 52 of Genesis 41. He says, and the name of the second he called Ephraim. And this is what Joseph said, for God has caused, say just because, God has caused me to be fruitful in the land. And look at this. This is something that's so interesting. And he called it his affliction, the land of his affliction. Now, if you know the story of Joseph, you know that when he was born, you know, he's one of his, uh, one of his father's favorite, and his dad made him a coat of many colors, you know, and so he would go and check on his brothers, and many times he'd come back and give his father an evil report. They weren't doing right, and so one day God spoke to Joseph in a dream and showed him that there was going to be a time where his brothers would bow down to him. Well, in his youthfulness, he didn't know. He told his brothers, hey, I had a dream, and they're like, yeah, right. You know, you wear this coat of color around. It's getting to your head. You think just because your dad's favorite that, you know, we're going to bow to you someday. That will never happen. Anybody ever find somebody or run across somebody who felt that way about you? That will never happen. You know, Joseph didn't know. He was young. You know, he didn't know uh, what was going on. But then he had another dream about the stars. And even in the stars, it showed, uh, it revealed to him later on, we understood what it meant, but it revealed to him that not only his brothers would bow down to his own father would bow down to him. And his father brought him to himself and said, man, I, he rebuked him and said, you need to quit telling these dreams. I don't know what's gotten into you. I don't know if the favoritism's caused you to have pride here. But something's just not right. So one day Joseph went to check on his brothers, and they said, you know this dream he's had? And they, yeah, we know about that dream. Well, we'll make sure it never comes to pass. What we'll do is we'll just kill this guy. Let's just get rid of him, you know. And so Reuben stepped in and said, no, let's not kill him. So they threw him into a pit. And when the Ishmaelites came by, they sold him to the Ishmaelites. So as a result, he was sold by the Ishmaelites. And then he went to Egypt, and he was resold again to Potiphar. And Potiphar was the keeper of the king's jail. Most people don't know that, but he was the keeper of the king's jail. In other words, when the king had someone put in jail, that was Potiphar's uh, job. He took care of the king's jail. And so anyway, Joseph, the favor of God was on Joseph, just like it was his own father. And Joseph began to work in Potiphar's house, and he began to prosper, and everything he began to touch began to prosper and increase. And Potiphar began to notice something's different about Joseph. I can trust this guy. And Potiphar turned his whole operation, his whole operation at, at his home, whether it was a farm operation or a ranch operation, he turned it all over to Joseph. He was in charge of everything. And one day, Mrs. Potiphar 
Somebody say Mrs. Potiphar. Mm, that Mrs. Potiphar, I tell you what. Why did God have to create a Mrs. Potiphar? Anybody ever want to know that? Anyway, she had a different uh, agenda for Joseph. You know, it wasn't godly, and she began to pursue him. He said, no, no, I don't do this. You know, I, I'm loyal to my master. You know, I can't do this. This is not right in the eyes of God and man. You know, but eventually, because he turned her away, she got mad at him, and she brought an evil report against him. And that evil report was that he violated her. And so Mr. Potiphar, he was in a bad spot. You know, he had to believe his wife. And so he had Joseph put in jail. Well, a lot of people don't realize this, but he had him put in his jail, the king's jail. And so as the story unfolds, you know, he began to have favor again. And the guard, the captain of the guard, which was we most of us believe that that was uh, Potiphar, you know, uh, he put Joseph in total charge of the prison favor of God again. Listen, I just want to let you know, no matter where you're at, you can still experience the favor of God. Amen. Amen. Why? Because there's a purpose. There's a cause for your life. Somebody say, just because. And so anyway, you know, he has uh, total control of the prison. You know, he locks everybody else up. He locks himself up. He gives the keys to Potiphar, whoever's in charge. And the next day he goes through the same routine. And one day he came up to the butler and the banker and they were down a little bit. He said, hey, what's up? And they said, well, man, we had this dream. He goes, well, tell me about dreams. He says, I know about dreams. In fact, that's why I'm here, because of a dream. <laughs> and so anyway, I know a little bit about dreams. And so they told him about the dream, you know. And it was a good dream for the butler, but a bad dream for the banker. The banker lost his life. The butler was restored. And he said, don't forget about me, because I've been put in prison wrong. Well, you know what? The butler was just trying to live a life of person. Uh, a preservation. He wanted just to keep, you know, his own job, and he wasn't going to get in there and tell everybody about this, you know, prisoner that he knew about. But then one day, the Pharaoh had a dream. Somebody say, just because Joseph had a cause. Now I'm playing. I'm playing on this word because, but the word because be means it's a moving thing. It's a continuing thing. When God said light be, light was, that means it just kept on going. God made us a living being, so we just keep on existing. So the word because means it's a, a continuation of the cause that God has for our lives. Amen. When I was growing up, you know, and I'd ask my mom some things, you know, I said, why are we doing this? Once in a while, she'd just get tired and say, she would say, because. Mom said so. All right. She had a cause. I didn't understand it. You know, but I knew that if mom said just because, that was the end of the subject. Anybody have a mom like mine? Amen. Praise God for that. Amen. And so just because, you know, and sometimes we have a word from God. God has a cause for us just because. He has a continuation for your cause. God had a cause for Joseph. He had a purpose. And Joseph said here in Genesis 41, he said, God has caused or because of the cause of God or the purpose of God in my affliction, what I, what I tried to resist at first, something I did not enjoy enduring. You know, though weeping is, uh, goes through the night, joy comes in the morning, the Bible says. Isn't that wonderful? The Word of God says, Now count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying, knowing this cause, knowing this, knowing this, that the trying of your faith produces patience, let patience have its perfect work, you being entire, wanting nothing. A lot of times when we walk through things in life, it's not because God, you know, caused these things for us to walk through, but there is a purpose to train us and to change us and to shape us and to prepare us for the greater things that God has for us. And this is what Joseph began to recognize. He said, because of the cause of God in my affliction, God has caused me to have the double. Yeah. 
That's what Ephraim means, the double. Have twice as much. How many of you know that God hasn't forgotten about you? And the word of God says, I'll give you twice as much for your shame is what Isaiah tells us. Isaiah chapter 61 says, I'll give you twice as much for your shame. You know, even with Job, God gave him twice as much. Job 42.10 says God gave Job twice as much after he began to pray for his friends. So, you know, God has a cause, and his cause is for you to have more than what you've ever lost in this life, for you to be an overcomer in this life. Somebody say, just because God has a cause in your life. And so for this cause, God, you know, caused Joseph to have the double portion in his adversity. Well, you know, the pruning of Joseph by a sharp knife of adversity led to a fruitful bow of the double. In other words, a lot of people don't realize that, but it was through the tribe of Joseph, or Joseph's tribe, that we got Ephraim and Manasseh. And what a lot of people don't know is that Joshua came from Ephraim. So thank God Joseph endured, amen? Thank God that Joseph said, you know what? God has a cause and he has a purpose. And even though being put in a pit, even though sold to the Ishmaels, even though sold to Potiphar, even though falsely accused and put back in jail, God still had a purpose for his life, amen? amen? Regardless of what you went through, when you can't continue to seek God, you will see God's purpose and God's cause come to pass. Somebody say, just because. God has a purpose for your life. So because of his cause, God's cause for Joseph, he, he received the double portion for adversity. Because of the double uh, uh, cause that, he re, uh, that God had for his life, he received a double portion for his shame. Because of the cause that God had on Joseph's life, God turned evil into good. Because of the cause that was on Joseph's life, God fulfilled prophecy because the word of God said, told Abraham, he said, I'm going to send your people into a land and they're going to be a land in a stranger's land for over 400 years. So Joseph was used because of God's prophecy or the cause that God had for his prophecy. And because of God's cause for Joseph, somebody say just because, he was able to preserve the Jewish nation. And you know, we as Christians have a great indebtedness to the Jewish people because we're grafted into the root of the Jewish people. You know, if it wasn't for the Jewish people, we wouldn't be here. Think about it. Did you know that all the Bibles and all the books in the Bible were written by Jewish people except for two? Praise God. Amen. So he preserved what we are experiencing today. Somebody say, just because. And sometimes we have this cause and we have this purpose and sometimes we go through trials and tribulations to get there. But we need to hang on to that cause. Keep that cause living. Keep on continuing in the cause and the purpose that God has for our lives. Now turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Are we doing good this morning? Somebody say just because. Keep the cause alive. Keep the cause alive. For this reason. For this reason, 1 Samuel chapter 17, many of us know the story, but it's about David and Goliath, starting with verse 20. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him, and he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army, David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, 
Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who's come up? Surely he has come to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, give him his daughter, give him his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. And David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same manner, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Elab... His oldest brother heard when he spoke to the men, and Elab's anger was aroused against David and said, Why do you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? What was he attempting to do? He was beginning to attempt to belittle and create a doubt in David's heart about his cause and his purpose. Because if you go back a little bit, you'll find out that the king... I mean, the uh, prophet king and anointed David to be king, didn't he? So David had a purpose, didn't he? And here Elab, he was just discrediting him, belittling him. He says, I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. For you come down to see the battle. And that's probably when I would have spoke up and said, what battle? But anyway, David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? See, David knew his cause. That word cause, it's the only time it's translated this way, means is there not a word like a word from God? Amen. Is this not my purpose, Elib? Is this not what God created me for, to lead the nation of Israel? Not only is it my cause and my purpose, but it may be my time. It may just be my time. And so as he began to speak and he began to ask these questions, guess what? The king heard you know what the king heard? The king heard David proclaim his cause. Hello, somebody. I said the king heard David proclaim his cause. I said the king heard David proclaim his cause. The king heard David proclaim his cause. And our king hears your proclamation of your cause. You getting that? That's why it's so important. I have a call. Somebody say, just because. I know this word will never be the same from this time moment, this, this forward moment in your life. Because you'll think of the word because a whole lot different than you ever have. But you have a cause. And you have a purpose. And it's vitally important that you declare your purpose and you declare your cause. And that's what David said. As his brothers begin to belittle him, as they begin to insult him, as they begin to try to stop the purpose of God. He says, no, I have a cause. I have a purpose. I've been anointed of God for such a time as this. Somebody say, because? Just because. It's God's cause in your life. So when David said, you know, what have I done? Is there not a cause? He was beginning to proclaim that he had a purpose that God had for his life, how he was anointed to be king. When David responded, not only uh, did, did, did it activate, not only did the king hear it, but it activated the plans and purposes of God. 
You know, how we respond to criticism will determine how we overcome criticism. I have a purpose. See, there's no man and there's no devil and there's no government that can stop God's plan for my life. Amen? Amen? I have a cause just because. Somebody say just because. I have a cause. Tell your neighbor, I have a cause. I have a purpose. I have a plan that God has for my life. So one of the things that David had to do to fulfill his cause was he had to turn away from the negative words and, 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 and the belittling that his brothers were putting on him. He had to walk away from it. And when he walked away, what did he do? He said, what will happen to the man who kills this Philistines? In other words, he was looking for the prize. He was pushing onward to fulfill his clause. And when he spoke, it got the attention of the king. But you know what? In order to fulfill your cause, one of the things that the king did, King Saul said, oh, you know, what's going on, son? He said, well, listen, don't let your heart melt because of the Philistines. And see, what a lot of people don't understand, it was more than just Goliath and David. What a lot of people don't understand is that the land was filled with giants, the Philins. And they were a result of the sons of God or the angels in, in uh, Genesis 6 that came down and married the women here on the earth. And they were very, very perverted. They were very, very evil. And they were very, very wicked. And it was not a pure DNA strain of what God created man to be. And not, but, but you know, so well, weren't they wiped out during the flood? Well, we all thought that, but we now begin to see that the Nephilims were alive during the time of, of the Israelites, and they were in this land. And that's why God said to Abraham, you know, uh, their iniquity hasn't been fulfilled yet. But it was God's plan all along with the flood. But what happened? Well, a lot of people believe that Cain married a woman who had the Nephilim DNA in her DNA or her genes, and this is what caused the Nephilims to continue to populate again, the Canaanites. That's where they came from. And so David's purpose was to purify mankind again. His cause was God was going to raise him up to become king of Israel and to finish destroying the wicked giants of the land. And see, a lot of people don't realize that. God has a purpose for your life, and you think, well, I don't know what that purpose is. God knows what that purpose is. And that purpose is a lot greater than you. Somebody say, just because. And so as a result of David's cause, he removed the demonic plan off the earth, and David wiped out all the remaining Nephilim's race. That was a result of the demonic intervention which, uh, with mankind in Genesis chapter 6. So how did David come about his cause? Number one, he sought God. How do you come about your cause? Seek God first. Put God first. What is my purpose? What is my cause? What is your plan for my life? You know, sometimes God will lead you somewhere or have you do something, and you have no idea of the domino effects it has in somebody else's life. You know, we got lots of testimonies, my wife and I, you know, and I'm sure you do too, but one time I was going on a missions trip, and I thought I was just going to go down and share the good news of the gospel and, and preach Jesus, you know, and I was going to Mexico, and as I was sitting on the plane, I struck up a conversation with this person, and uh, she began to share with me some of the struggles she had, and I prayed with her. Well, I gave her my card, my business card. You know, uh, I was uh, trying to work into being a traveling minister at that particular time. I gave her my card. 
And about two weeks later, after I got home, she wrote me this letter, and she said, you know, after I reflected on our conversation, she said, I really thought I sat next to an angel. And then she put next to it, because you're so big. <laughs> she said, but God used you so greatly. My marriage is, is healed. We're doing so much better. Everything's good. You prayed for me. Things got turned around. Well, God had another cause for me to be where I was at at that particular time. And we need to be sensitive to the cause that God has on our life because any time, any given moment, God may want you to manifest your purpose and your cause in someone else's life. And it may change your life for eternity. So David, how did David's cause come about? Well, he sought God. He had a lifestyle seeking God. When you, when you look at the lifestyle of David as a shepherd boy, what was he doing? Where did a lot of those psalms that he wrote in the book of Psalms, where did they come from? Out there being in the presence of God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God, you are so good. Lord, you lead me beside still waters in the green pastures. You restore my soul for your namesake. Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. For surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Where did that come from? Getting in the presence of God. They that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Now I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Where did this come from? Getting into the presence of God. He had a lifestyle of seeking God. And this is what helped him fulfill his cause. What would happen if we had a lifestyle? If we continue to make our lifestyle seeking God with all our whole hearts, our whole mind. Doesn't Matthew 6.33 say, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So what did David do to fulfill his cause? Number one, you know, he spoke it out. He said, is there not a cause? Number two, it got the attention of the king. And he told the king, don't let your heart be troubled because of the Philistines. Not only is he is uncircumcised, but he is unrightfully on the earth. And I have a cause. He didn't know it at the time. But what he was putting himself in a position was to purify mankind. I have a cause. I have a purpose, king. Don't let your heart be troubled. And the king said, well, okay, if you're going to do this, do this with my armor. And see, I want to encourage you. You don't have to fulfill your cause with somebody else's tools. You're equipped just the way you are to fulfill your cause. Well, if I had what so-and-so had, if I had a better vehicle, if I had a better house, if I had more money, if I had, no, 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 no. You don't need armor Saul. You don't need Saul's armor, excuse me, to fulfill your cause because you've already been equipped. Because if he has a cause for you, he's already got a provision for you. He wants to use you to fulfill your cause. So, I, you know, David had to tell Saul, no. He said, I'm going to use what I'm used to using. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use to fulfill my call with what got me here. You know, and that was his sling. You know, that which he practiced day and night, you know, all day long. You know, I'm sure it got a little bored watching sheep from time to time. I'm sure he put up a matchstick every so often and say, let's see if I can light that matchstick from 50 yards and threw a rock at it and cause that matchstick to light. Some of you are looking at me like deer in the headlights. What do I mean? Haven't you seen those westerns where that guy pulls a gun out and shoots that matchstick and it comes on fire, you know? Well, David did it with a rock. Pastor, how do you know that? Revelation, revelation. No, we don't know that. 
But he got good with that rock. He used what he had to fulfill his cause. And that's what God's asking you. Somebody say, just because. God wants you to use what you have to fulfill the cause that he has for your life. You don't have to use somebody else's revelation. You don't have to use somebody else's armor. You don't have to have somebody else's ability. Why? Because it probably wouldn't work for you anyway. So I want us to go to this one scripture here that, that just really opened my eyes in a greater way. And that's 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. Because of the ability or the willingness to declare his cause. And David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and with spear and with javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you in my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air. Now he's going after the whole tribe, not just Goliath. And the wild beasts of the earth. Now look at this. This is what I want you to focus on. That, the, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Have you ever heard a sports announcer say, this game's going to be like a David and a Goliath? Have you heard anybody say, hey, this is like a David and a Goliath? I mean, it just looks like, you know, the stronger is just going to overcome the weaker. It's just going to take some type of intervention for the weaker to overcome the stronger. Why do we use that term today? Because it was spoken out 4,000 years ago. David said, so all the earth will know. So the, all the earth will know. So the, all the earth will know. Everybody's familiar with the David and Goliath story. They use it as parallels in games and other things. Somebody says, you know, that's a, you got a, a long odd. That's a long odd. That's a, you know, that, that's, that's almost like an apostle. That's like a David and Goliath situation. But I won't let you know when you know your cause, it doesn't matter if it's the David and Goliath situation because God put that cause on your life to fulfill that destiny just for you. And this is why it's so important that we begin to, to proclaim our cause and our purpose. Somebody say, just because. What's God called you in this world for? What's God called me into this world for? What's God called us, called us into this world for? To fulfill a plan? To carry out a destiny? To see the purposes and plans of God fulfilled in our lives? And I just want to encourage you today that, you know what? You're the only one. You're the only one that God can use for certain things in this world. Somebody say, just because. just because. God has a plan for your life. Just because. You have a plan, you have a cause, and you have a purpose that God has for your life. So what do I see in David? Number one, he had a lifestyle seeking God. As a shepherd boy, he was always going after God. You know, he was most unlikely to be king. But yet God said, most unlikely in my eyes is more likely than in man's eyes. 
you might think I'm the most unlikely, and God said, mm -mm, not so, I have a cause. And the cause is more powerful than what man says is most unlikely. Right. Don't ever forget that. The cause is more powerful than what man says is most unlikely. You know, my, my wife and I, we faced a lot of, you know, people saying, probably not, not with you, you know, not with us. When we grew up, you know, we weren't very popular people, you know, in the sense of, you know, the, the sports figures or the cheerleaders or anything like that, you know. And so, you know, a lot of people thought, well, you know, they'll be an average person. Well, I want to let you know that God made us above average. Amen. Amen. God had a destiny for our lives. I mean, these, uh, uh, this, this young couple right here that sits on this front row, we've been all over the world. Well, maybe not all over the world, but we've been many places. We've seen God do some great signs and wonders in our lives. Why? Because or just because. A cause. God has a plan for our life. God has a plan for your life. So seek God first. Number two, if you have to, walk away from the derogatory statements that people say about you. I don't need to hear that. You know, I want to be around people who will encourage me to fulfill my cause. I want to be around people who will, you know, strengthen me to do my cause. Amen. I want to be around people who desire me to see my cause come to pass. That's the kind of people I want to be around. People who will encourage me to fulfill my purpose and my plan in this life. Know that you are already equipped for the cause. You're already equipped to fulfill that plan and that purpose for your life. God's already equipped me, equipped you. You don't need somebody else's equipment to finish God's plan for your life. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time. Remember, you are God's best.